If you have a narcissistic dad, watch this. Hey, I'm Antje Boyd, Magnetizuman expert, married to my incredible husband Brody for eight years. So let's go ahead and dive right in what to do, the nine things to do when you have a narcissistic dad. Number nine is become your own inner narcissist. Wow, okay, hold on a second. I know what you're gonna say. You're about to like turn off the screen. I get it. You're probably triggered. You're like, aren't you have? You lost your mind. Quick story. Now, for some of you who may know, you may not know that I personally have a narcissistic mom, okay? And what that really meant is that I was resisting Like, obviously, being that narcissistic, that self-absorbed, that self-rotating, that inconsiderate that I judged my mom to be. And for good reason, okay? So, it's not like that, you know, I mean, there was no good reason for that. However, it really kept me trapped in my own prison, right? And the reason why is because I had nowhere to go. So, picture this. I was going on a date. And then the moment like confidence was rising inside of myself, or maybe I feel like, wow, this man has been talking for 10 minutes. Let me interrupt him. Guess what I heard inside of my head? Oh, you don't want to be a narcissist. Don't be so selfish. Make sure you're more giving. And so what it left me with is like I was trapped like to be the doormat, right? The people pleaser. I had nowhere else to go because as soon as I was stepping out of that and actually being like, hold on a second, it's not just all about him. It's also about me. Then I got triggered because that reminded me of like being a narcissist. So that's why I say become your own in a narcissist, meaning whatever you perceive yourself to be as a narcissist. So when you say, oh, oh, that's like, that would be like a narcissist would do that. I don't want to do that. That's the very thing that you want to embrace inside of itself. It will actually set you free and you will actually act less from a quote unquote distorted place because the truth of the matter is my research truly shows right like most women that come to me have a narcissistic background and when you have a narcissistic bear parent whether it's a narcissistic narcissistic mom or narcissistic dad you will have narcissistic distortions now what are distortions distortions are not necessarily visible to you They can be when you make an effort to truly see them. However, distortions are something where you don't see the reality in the right way. And what you do, you distort the reality. It's kind of like when you go in this house of mirrors on on Halloween, let's say, right? And there's all this distorted mirrors, right? So it distorts reality. It's not really like that. You're not really that much longer or that much wider or like your face... You know, have those funny like apps right now, right? Where like your mouth looks like bigger than your entire body and stuff like that. Right? That's like distortion. Now, what I mean by that is that you could actually end up acting narcissistic without you wanting to do that, right? For example, you may find yourself talking more and more than your friends and not getting off the phone and potentially even interrupting them where you normally like actually judge that very much in your dad, okay, in your parent. So again, if you embrace that, then you will actually end up doing it less and you will also not judge yourself for it. And then as a response to that, you actually gain more confidence inside of yourself. Now, along with that, what another thing I know to be true is that narcissists use the tool of 
guilt. They love to guilt trip you. They love to gaslight you and all of the things, right? So for example, you know, I had like one story where, uh, you know, the, the daughter is like actually like really much working on her self-esteem, loves to look good. Obviously, we all do, you know what I mean? And loves to take care of herself. And the dad gaslights her for that, right? And it's like, what are you, you're putting back up? That's like really selfish and narcissistic and all the things. So what I had to learn on my journey is actually becoming immune to guilt. Now, how do you do that? And this is when you do what I call the shadow work. Now, when you do shadow work, nobody can guilt trip you. So if somebody were to say to me, well, aren't you? This was a very narcissistic thing. That was very selfish. I would say, as a matter of fact, it was. Thank you so much for noticing. I appreciate that. Anything else you want to share? And it's really just as if they're telling me that I have blonde hair because I do have blonde hair, right? So it's like, okay, um, and your point is, right? So it's like somebody said like to you, wow, Mary, that was really selfish of you to say that, you know, like to not help your grandma this weekend or whatever, you know? And you get to be like, Oh, I mean, I guess thank you for observing your obvious. Like, it was selfish, right? I was focusing on myself. I was investing in myself. You know what I mean? I was actually looking for becoming more aligned and true to myself this weekend versus giving my power away, okay? And have a big smile on your face. So become immune to guilt. And like, I literally tell my clients all the time, nobody can guilt trip me anymore. I'm not manipulable anymore, right? Because I've broken through this piece because I had a narcissistic mom. Number seven, process your anger. Now, one thing that comes with having a narcissistic dad is invasion, right? They like just kind of attack you. They're like aggressive towards you, right? They try to manipulate you. They try to sort of shame you, belittle you, like, you know, threaten you, like all those different pieces. And then what happens is, you're really like not expressing that anger because it's like not safe to express that anger. So what's really important is for you to actually process the anger. And what that does is I want you to actually visualize when you process the anger, you push it out, right? So as if you were to imagine energetically speaking, that your dad would come into your field, like your dad would come into your like, you know, just like, you know, and tries to invade you said like, you're just as you're just successful because you're my daughter, or you will never amount to anything. So the other way around, so either you're the golden child, or you're the black sheep or whatever it is, right. And so, but you get actually process your anger. And what that does is like, you actually claim your space back, you push your dad out of your space, and don't let him dictate how you perceive yourself what your self-worth is, what you're capable to do, right? But you push his voice out of your head. You push his like body, his energy, his emotions like out of your field when you process your anger, right? And that also powerfully helps with setting boundaries in an embodied way. Like that you really feel anchored in your no is what you really mean it, right? Number six that goes a little bit along with that is forgive yourself, Forgive yourself because you can be really hard on yourself. You know, you can really say, oh my gosh, why did I buy into this? Why did I let my parents treat me like this? Like, why 
why did I take this on? Like, why did I allow my dad's critical voice to become my internal dialogue? Why did I allow, you know, this cause like so many trust issues with the relationships that I have uh, with men and with with friends and and with uh, with coworkers, right? And it's like, you know, like like why didn't I like set the boundaries? Why didn't I just like say I'm out of here, you know? And you're not treating me like this, and you're not walking all over me. But why did I bend over backwards and turn myself into a pretzel, you know? So there's like this invitation to forgive yourself, right? Because for one, you were little, you had limited amount of resources, capacities inside of yourself, so did I. And also, remember, narcissists have this incredible gift to distort your reality, right? They actually make you question your reality. So imagine now you're a little child and your reality is like out of whack. So they're like, oh my God, like, what do I, you know what I mean? I don't know. You know what I mean? So it's like, forgive yourself. And even more importantly, forgive yourself for judging yourself. Be your own best friend. Imagine your best friend would come to you and would tell you that she's really suffering from having had a narcissistic dad and she's so upset at herself for for like allowing allowing her dad to control her in such a way, right? And now she may be even resentful towards men in general, right? Because she doesn't trust anyone and she needs to be in complete control and she cannot give up the right to be wrong. Like she needs to be right, sorry, right? Yeah, what would you tell her? Right? Like forgive yourself for judging yourself that you made a mistake, that you should have known better because you simply didn't. Number five is heal your shame shield. Now this goes a little bit with along with number one. Now Brene Brown came up with this brilliant concept of shame shields. Now what does that mean? So when we encounter shame, we have actually different reactive responses to them. One is total collapse like totally apologizing, right? Like, let's say uh, this guy told me 13 years ago that I, I'm i too affectionate. I think I kissed too much or I hugged too much or something along those lines. And so collapse would have looked like, oh my God, you're so right. Oh, you're not. Oh my gosh. No, I'm so apologize. I apologize. You know, I can be needy sometimes. Like, I know I need to work on this, right? So like total collapse, like total, like, oh, you're so right. You know, I, I, I shouldn't be like this. Second shame shield is denial. Oh, no, I was just kidding. I'm actually, I don't need any hugs. You know what I mean? I, I'm actually not that affectionate. No, absolutely. Like, no, let's just, you know what I mean? Let's let's cut to the inner chase. You know what I mean? So you just kind of become like Mrs. Cool, Mrs. Sarcastic. You know what I mean? Um, just kind of like joking, right? But it's like sort of total denial of like your needs. And then the last one is attack. And attack can oftentimes happen to women who have experienced like abusive narcissistic dads, right? And so what they do, they go into immediate attack when something feels unsafe. When somebody said something where there was maybe misunderstanding, they go into immediate attack, right? They're like, they're like so intimidating and men run the opposite direction because they feel like, wow, oh my gosh. You know, it's almost like when some women wear like super spiky nails or have like spiky toes or like shoes or whatever, you know what I mean? So that's like the piece um, that you want to be aware of because it's a shame shield, which means like even though you feel short-term powerful, and by the way, at the shame shield of attack as well, right? So even though it feels like powerful, actually like you go home and you're even more lonely because you didn't really get to connect with your authentic emotions. You just became reactive. 
in order to feel powerful, in order not to lose that power again that you did as a child. Look, I totally get it. I get how scary it was, right? But what you want to do is like you want to heal that shame shield and you want to be able to stand in the shame, okay? That when somebody says something, you get to breathe through the shame. You don't get to attack. You don't deny. You don't pretend. You know what I mean? Like you totally agree with them, but you simply stay like and and feel into your body what's happening for you right now. And I know that's a tall glass of order here. And that's what I, of course, help my women with um, in my program because that's very hard to actually accomplish because when we go into the reactive pattern, it's a survival mechanism. It's very fast. It's from the spleen, right? It's it's like very visceral. So it takes a little bit of work, observation, some tools and strategies to do that work. Now, <clears throat> another thing that goes along the same lines is number four, heal your story around receiving. What is can happen is when you have a dad who is a narcissist is that, you know, there were always strings attached, right? When he gave you something, when he got you his first, car, like your first car or when he got you this or that or the other, right? There was like strings attached, right? Because the, 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 like it was all about the guilt tripping, right? It was like, oh, then I can say, well, I got you this car and I got you this house or I got you the scholarship for your school or I got you whatever, right? But it's all just about to continue to further manipulate you. And of course, you may even remember if you were married to a narcissist, if you were dating a narcissist, right? Like, like you were like kind of love bombed. And then you're like, I'm never going, I'm going to be like really like wary about receiving, right? Like if somebody shows up with a dozen roses or flies me out to Mabea, a true story happened to one of my clients, um, you know, takes me out to this five-star restaurant, a Michelin chef, like all the, all the things pulls out all the stops, right? It, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't want you to do that for me because I don't want to feel like I'm like kind of owning you or anything like that, right? I don't want to have any strings attached, feels really uncomfortable, feels really icky, but what that does is like it has you attract men into your life who take from you. So you are in the giving position because the men who want to give to you, you keep them at bay. You're like, no, mm, ah, no, I don't really need it. I don't really want it. And it even shows up in your body language. It shows up in your language itself, your verbal language, right? It shows up in your facial expression. It shows up in your energy, right? Versus like actually healing your story around receiving and that receiving is actually truly safe. You know, like one of my clients that I worked with, she had a very similar story because she had a narcissistic mom. And because of that, she had this total like aversion to receiving. But then when she actually healed her love blueprint, which what I actually walked my women through, right? What ended up happening is that she actually was able to attract an incredible man to her life who still challenges her to receive, you know, who writes her incredible, beautifully cards and has a beautiful trips prepared for her and all the things. And we're talking two years later. No strings attached, no weird behavior, no manipulation, any of this, but like he's just really cherishing her. Right. So what can you do to heal your story around receiving? Now, one thing you can do, number three, is recalibrate your nervous system. See, what happens is when you had a narcissistic dad, then what your nervous system learned when you think about receptors speaking to each other, right? It learned self to other, right? Like I had to focus on my dad. So he's in the spotlight. Right. I could not like focus on me because then I was shamed and I was belittled. It's like I was told, who do you think you are? So I learned that my nervous system is like 
self to others, self to others. It's like giving, giving attention, giving approval, giving support, giving money, all of these things, right? Or what can also start to happen is after a while, because it's so unsafe, your nervous system works on self to self. Just I'm just by myself, just cutting everybody off. Thank you very much. Like just self to self, right? And what we want to learn when we recalibrate your nervous system, we want to actually warm up the receiving factors so that actually others giving to you, energy coming to you from somewhere else, loving energy, compassionate energy, beautiful energy, you can you have actually like a way to receive it versus your receptors being almost like frozen or numb and don't really know what to do with that, right? And feel very uncomfortable and then go back into your re reactive patterns. Number two, I learned that really powerful, let the hope die. Let the hope die that your dad is going to turn around, right? Let the hope die that an abusive narcissist is finally going to start paying attention to you. Or it, like just acknowledge your reality. And I mean, I've seen this with clients, right? Who are like, like even like now, the dad is in their 50s, 60s, or even died, right? And he's still, they're still at the same conversations, right? Because they're hoping that the dad is going to turn around, that he's finally like, you know what, Mary? You're so right. I made a mistake. You know what I mean? I should have never been so soft. That's never going to happen. It's just never going to happen. Because a narcissist is in this constant fight response. When you think about fight or flight, he's fight, 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 fight. It's always just in your, in your face, right? So when you let the hope die, there's going to be grieving that comes with that. Because that young little girl inside of yourself thought like you're going to have such an incredible new life when your dad finally turns around. So that future is never going to happen. However, what is going to happen, and this is what happened when I let the hope die, that my dad's going to turn around, that men are going to turn around, that we're unavailable, that the wrong men were going to turn around, that abusive men would turn around, that manipulative men turn around. Right, when I let that go, and I'm like, my man knows, my man is respectful, my man is in alignment, my man is connected to his purpose, he's in integrity, right? All of these things. I met my husband, Brody. And this would have not been possible if I wouldn't have had let the hope die because I would have questioned the new reality to such an extent that I would have sabotaged it. Which leads me to number one, heal your attachment style. Now, this is extremely interesting. And this is something that most women, when they have an narcissistic dad, are not aware of. And that is actually that you have like this, like you have both parts. You have the anxious part that wants to, prove to daddy, get the approval from daddy, right? All those things, right? But then when that didn't work, right? Like you had to actually learn to protect yourself from daddy, right? And be like, I got to distance myself from daddy. Like I got to cut daddy out of my, right? So there's like this anxious part and there's the avoidant part. So you want to heal that because what ends up happening that those women usually come to me and they attract a bunch of emotionally unavailable men into their life if they're not attracting like narcissists into their life, Right? And the reason why is, well, because they are protecting themselves from intimacy. They have this avoidant part inside of themselves where they don't fully trust, right? They have that part inside of themselves where they're not fully feel like that they can actually truly, like they're not really trusting to surrender to, to another man, right? And so what you need to do, you want to heal that attachment span. Now, how do you do that? Thanks for those of you who stayed until the very end, which is my bonus tonight, integrate your conflicting parts. So how you do that is by actually integrating 
the anxious and the avoidant, right? So it's not like you becoming anxious, you becoming avoidant, you're actually coming into the secure. You're actually finding a balance and a harmonious integration and synergy between those two that's unique to you, right? And this is part of my healing your love blueprint process that my women go through that is so powerful that they almost immediately attract incredible men out into their life. And the funny part is like, I hear so many times they're saying, Auntie, where have those guys been hiding? You know what I mean? They're coming out of the woodworks. I mean, I just met somebody in a grocery store. He just made me a compliment, you know? Oh my God, I just said somebody reached out to me from 20 years ago. Oh my God, I just said somebody reached out to me on LinkedIn. Oh my, you know what I mean? I just hear all the stories all the time. Incredible stories, right? Where like even at church, met them at church, you know, have been going to the same church for two and a half years. But now she's ready and now he saw her, found her, right? So this is possible for you. Now, if you want to learn more, where am I standing with all of that? Take our free love quiz to get the relationship you want fast by hopping over to getlovequiz.com or simply click that link in the description as well. And if you haven't watched already, when a man deeply loves you, he'll start saying these five things. Lots of love to you, ladies. And I will talk to you in the next video. Bye-bye.